And now, streaming live from Chicago, Illinois, to the entirety of the world, but mostly the American Midwest, it's the comedy show with a podcasting habit, Starlight Radio Dreams! Tonight, we bring you a fresh episode of Camp Placeholder, along with five new comedy shorts. Now, here is your host, a king in his own castle, complete with Purell Moat, Burlington Showtime! Welcome uh, to the show, everyone. I am Burlington Showtime, one of the many good things to come out of Hollywood's golden age. I'm so pleased to have you all with me tonight as we say goodbye to 2020 and celebrate Snowstice, a holiday we made up to celebrate the day the show happens. Still, we have many cherished traditions to observe. The playing of the audio clips, the chances to talk to the team in chat, and of course, the traditional constant threat that this old man will click the wrong button and break everything. So, what do you say, dreamers? Are you ready to make this a snowstice to remember? I can't hear you, so I'm going to assume that you all said yes. Excellent. Of course, we have to address the elephant in the room. It's the year that all the pedantic people will finally admit that this is the 20s. I, for one, am still excited about the decade to come. I did some of my best work in the 20s and 30s when they came around the first time, and some of you just cheered because I said 20s and 30s, so that's a win already. I can only imagine that film will have another renaissance this time around in the 20s and 30s. Have you noticed that now that you can turn Benedict Cumberbatch into a dragon, everyone suddenly wants to? It was the same way when the talkies first came around, and you may have noticed that stuck around as well. But the best thing about the talkies is that those special effects lasted the test of time. So, if nothing else, you can be sure that the material you're going to hear tonight is going to age just as well as Metropolis or the first Star Wars films. Practical effects. That's where it is. I wonder if that means that I'll have to worry about doing convention appearances in about three decades. I guarantee you that Billy D. Williams had no idea that he'd be wearing velour capes again at this point in his life. Well, that sounds like a problem for vaccinated me. For now, we have a show to do, and it looks like we're kicking things off with potential for actual kicking with our first clip, Fandom Cage Match. So, uh, here it is. I hope you love it. Welcome to Fandom Cage Match, where we know that no one fights with culture, we fight with each other. When you want higher stakes, consumer-driven, niche social cachet wars, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Cujo Kudo Snacker. And I'm your co-host, Jiffy Skippy Butter. Celebrity death matches are expensive, but as we all drift further away from economic security, let's focus on those consumer identities that make us feel like fighting. Now. As much as I enjoyed the deep violence that was Bernie Bros versus the real Ricks, we have all vowed never to speak of it again. Yeah, stop that. So let's take a look at the recent cage match upset, the Whovians versus the Hooligans. This was a real shocker. The Whovians were the favorite to win, with a far more intergenerational reach with each regeneration of the Doctor creating a new fan base. And it wasn't the staying power of Pete Townsend's licks that saved the day. Turns no. out the Whovians were plagued with infighting. And the hooligans just had to sit back and watch the Whovians eat each other. Just brutal. <laughs> What's up next? In January of 2021, we'll see the Deadheads versus the Cheeseheads. Oh, snap! The Deadheads don't stand a chance. American football fans are rabid everywhere, but fans from Wisconsin are about on par with hyperbolic capitalism. The cheeseheads are gonna sweep. However, what if they each had something the other needed and formed an alliance? This is fandom cage match, Jiffy, not fandom cooperation. What if the deadheads shared their edibles and the cheeseheads shared their cheese curds? If the cheeseheads are granted a little chill, and the deadheads get a good supply of munchies when they have the munchies, I bet you these two fandoms are going to realize there's no reason to fight. Stop that peacemaking imagination right now. It's bad for competition. Sorry. Because next, either the deadheads or the cheeseheads are going to fight the winner of the parrotheads versus the ringheads. Oh, tough bracket. Now, tell the listeners what's coming up in spring of 2021. Oh man, check this out. The Juggalos versus the Fanalos. Oh shit! 
These fandoms are equally matched in power and in skill. Both are fueled by evil beverages, Fago Red versus Chardonnay. So evil. Next, let's look at their chemicals of choice. Acid and Helium versus Vicodin and Percocet. Man, this is like what's more powerful, Popeye's can of spinach or Banana Man's bananas? Either way, these are ragged, rusty, resilient livers, folks. Let's look at their chosen fighting uniforms. The Juggalos sport a wide variety of Marcel Marceau death masks, which can be really intimidating. But you don't want to mess with that Fanalo regimen of Botox under anti-aging serum under pancaked Estee Lauder powder. They have reservations. They have a lot of pull with the manager. Yeah, I'm more than a little scared. Don't know who to bet on, that's for sure. Now, next summer, there will be the much-anticipated three rounds between the Britney Army versus the Barmy Army. The fans of Britney Spears are busy trying to liberate the object of their purchases from conservatorship. While fans of England's cricket team are known to carry clubs, so my money's on the Barmy Army. Oh no, the Britney Army's gonna be like, oops, we kicked your toxic ass again till the world ends one more time. And again, this is just the beginning of this elimination. This bracket is vast. The KISS Army, the BTS Army, the Blue Army, Arnie's Army, and Rihanna has a navy. Maybe we should just have these fans play diplomacy. Or risk. What the hell is that? Uh, I don't know. Are you getting weather warnings on your phone? No. Oh! Ah! What is happening? Ah! Our producers just texted us. Yeah? Cool, Joe. You offended the most powerful fan base of all. The fans of BTS are not called BTS ARMY, just ARMY. Great Scott. You're right! Our servers are crashing from an influx of chitter messages, screw tube comments, and our glitch subscribers are... Okay, but how are they making the floor and walls shake like there's an earthquake? Ah! 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 Fandom Cage Match sincerely apologizes to the adorable representative MC for Youth, also known as ARMY! I repent! We deeply appreciate your deep engagements with all of our social media outlets! Sorry, really, really, really sorry, ARMY! You are vigilant and pure of heart and only would truly attack when you are taking down rabid dictators holding rallies during pandemics! Thank you for not destroying us, most merciful of fandoms. And thank you for tuning in. Join us next time when we will speculate on the upcoming war with four different fronts. The HP Love Quadrangle. That's Lovecraft, Harry Potter, Hewlett Packard, and some sort of brown sauce. See you next time on Fandom Cage Match. <laughs> what a fascinating concept. I never would have occurred to me. Granted, I don't spend much time in those parts of the internet, which is to say, many parts of the internet. But I do spend enough time on just enough parts of the television to know that for many shows like ours, they've started doing segments and special uh, pieces that allow them to, uh, to try out fun games and, and poll the audience for fun ideas. And I think this is a perfect one for us and a perfect one for the time we're living in. We call this one, in hindsight, it's 2020. It's all about stuff that was a bad idea to try out this year. Uh, for example, procrastinating on buying toilet paper. We probably all could have been more on the ball with that one. Uh, fostering a dozen puppies at the same time. Yep, turns out those are all your puppies now. Good news, you've got a lot of puppies. Bad news, you've got a lot of puppies. Uh, buying non-refundable full-year memberships to the Kiss a Stranger Club. Some of these were submitted by the staff. Not sure what the Kiss a Stranger Club was, but I'm wagering that they did not meet this year. Selling all the stocks in baker's yeast that you inherited. Mmm, yes, those haven't moved in a long time, and then all of a sudden, through the roof! Getting excited about something that might get to happen, uh, that might happen if the numbers look good. Oh, I've done that a few times this year as well. Yes, 
I think we've all fallen victim to, well, maybe in the autumn if things start looking better, or maybe in the spring if things start looking better. I think most of us got, have gotten to the point where, well, when things start looking better, we'll plan something then. Uh, oh, which takes us to the final one on this list, planning a... anything. Anything, really. It's just better to let the life happen to you and plan things you can do on your own. At least that's what I've been doing. Like drinking. I've been doing a lot of that. And uh, reading. Got a lot of that done. It's very convenient when no one can pop by unannounced. Uh, but what about all of you? Did you make any plans that didn't work out? And while you think about it and tell us in the chat, let's take a journey back not just to summer, but to the summer of our youths. There's only one place in the world where you can learn boating, archery, and what kinds of bugs freak you out the most. Summer camp. Tonight, we head back to the camp by the lake to see who has taken over for the week at Camp Placeholder. Happy summer, campers. This is Hermes on the PA. Mortals use them instead of flying to pass messages with the speed of a twinkle. I'll be using my awesome power as messenger of the gods to... Make sure you know what time it is and stuff. Thanks to some very clever work from Dark Arts and Crafts counselor Loki, we are thrilled to have found a new location for this year's God Camp here at Camp Placeholder. We're still working on a better name. Oh no. Oh no. These trails all look the same. Dad? Dad! Lord Surtur, King of Fire Giants! Why can't I reach him? Okay, get it together, Eden. There are symbols all over the cabins. I've just got to follow the directions. Okay, that's a pretty attractive drawing of a river. Uh, that's just the world, but extra curvy. And that's hot sea foam. Mm. Uh, excuse me. Oh, hi. Is this distressingly sexy swan cabin or distressingly sexy horse cabin? I don't know my mortal animals, and my father accidentally burned up my welcome packet. Swan, horses have more legs. Then I guess we're cabin mates. I'm Uden, by the way. Great. Set your stuff down over there. Oh, I'm Jans, and this is Beria. Our pantheons are kind of almost neighbors. You look like you come from the land of the ice and snow. We like Zeppelin. You're gonna have to listen to Zeppelin to stay in our cabin. Mortal music is way better than all the harp stuff we get in my pantheon. So is your dad a king in the north, Uden? Yeah, my dad is Surtur. No, we don't get any HBO money. Aww. Or ice dragons. Aww. They did let dad play himself in that Thor movie, but it was just mocap. Does your dad usually set stuff on fire? Only sometimes. I just lost my packet, which feels kind of boring by comparison. My mother made my packet an immortal, indelible testament never to be corrupted. Moms. Does the welcome packet say how often we're allowed to call on our parents? I couldn't get through to my dad a little bit ago. Uh, here we go. It says, Head Counselor Sashet has closed off the camp to outside communications and astral projection. So, we can't call on our pantheons for help or guidance? I guess not. It says in the packet that it's so we can learn our own powers and what we can do on our own. Making dream catchers and eating bagel dogs must be a great catalyst for self-discovery. Hey there, young gods. I don't know about you, but I am really getting a kick out of the way mortals put clocks all over the place. Hopefully you've all settled into your cabins because our opening ceremony will be on the flag field at noon, which is right now. That was quick. So, I hope I can trust you all to steer clear. Do you think anyone noticed we were late? Shh! With those announcements out of the way, welcome to God Camp. Being a young god is challenging, and we're here to make sure you have all the tools you need to handle the responsibilities hey. of managing the hope. Do you guys see that? See what? Down by the and lake. It looks like a monster. Big teeth, scales, maybe a comb over or a toupee. Awesome. Awesome? 
Are we talking about the same thing? Just think how great it would be for our legends if we kill a monster while we're still kids! I, I don't think I can fight a monster all by myself. Hey, unless one of you is the god of repeating exposition, you want to shut up and listen to the head counselor Sachet? You must be the god of brown nosers. Whatever, shut up! It is time for our first activity period. We need some volunteers to be the first group to go down to the lake for boating. Ooh! Ooh! Ow! Get your hand in the air! Okay, hands raised. Wonderful. Three volunteers at the back. You can go down to the eastern bank of the lakefront with Counselor Abzu, god of the aquifers and lakes. The lakefront? That's where the monster is. <laughs> Let's go. Next, we will need groups for emotional manipulation archery, campfire song of songs, and dodgeball. Hey there, campers! Hermes again. Please remember, this is a mortal camp, and there are mortal children that need to use it after us. Please resist the temptation to smite any of the camp structures or transform the wildlife. So, here we are, in the middle of the lake. It sure was nice of Mr. Abzu to let us take one of the boats out by ourselves. He is pretty old. He probably stopped caring a while ago. I couldn't understand a word of what he was saying. I, I guess that's a Mesopotamian accent. I bet it would be really hard to replicate. Are you just reading the welcome packet, Jones? Uh, help me tackle There's actually a lot in here. Godly power is broad. The heightened language of our camp song can stand in for any needed godly scenario, especially in groups. This camp really takes their song seriously. You're not kidding. Speaking with heightened language and purpose is often the focus needed to express the godly powers You of need to help paddle. I'm looking for the monster. Do you really think we should be out here looking for a monster? Our parents sent us here to come into our power with other gods. I think shenanigans might be part of the point. The packet does say we should have fun and try new things. Okay. Okay. So, where do you think we should look for the monster? There's nothing about it in the packet. It was really big. If it were here, I'd see it. Maybe the real monster was inside us all along. Here, monster. Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe we can call the monster to us. Well, we've got big paddles, life jackets, and this jug of water Mr. Abzu gave us. We can try banging on the bottom of the canoe. See if that draws it to the surface. That might just work. I'll keep a lookout while you do that. You are good at noticing stuff. <laughs> do you think this is working? I hope so. It looks like the boat can't take a lot more of this. It is working. There's something cresting the water over there. Let's go. On we sweep with threshing ore. Our only goal will be the western shore. Still with the Zeppelin lines. We have to say something dramatic while we build our legend. Do you have something better? I guess not. Well, we're here on the other side of the lake. Where did the monster go? Let's try this again. Shit! You swore! Heightened language? I think it's deserved. We're gonna sink on the wrong side of the lake. Mr. Abzu is going to be so mad we sank the boat. Uh, can any of us fix it with our powers? There's a shadow in the water. Ah! It's huge! And it looks like it totally wants to eat us! We've got to do something! Maybe we're far enough out that I can call on my dad! Your dad can't help now! We need to do this by ourselves! Maybe Mr. Abzu? By ourselves! Do you want to start your legend or not? Not all legends are good! We don't know what our destiny is! What if our destiny is to end the world? Then we'll start the world over! Right now we're about to be eaten! We don't know if this monster's destiny is to kill three godlings! I've got to think! Odin, why are your eyes closed? No time! We'll have to do this just the two of us! Power up! Spirits of the earth and air! 
I call on you. knows that one. I come from the land of the ice and snow. She's using heightened language. By the midnight sun and the hot springs flow. Is she summoning? Hammer of the gods. <laughs> A giant hammer made of lightning. Shit. You were right! I just needed some words I could say with confidence! It works better in a group. If only we'd learned the camp song! Uden? How soft your fields so green! Can whisper tales of gore! Of how we calmed the tides of war! We are your overlords! Attention campers! It is time for dinner at the dining hall! If you're late, kindly just run and leave the moment of the sun as it is. I've got some sourdough in the oven, and we all know that even black magic won't help that shit if the timing is off. <gasps> what an amazing fight! We did it. Yeah, we did. Do you think anyone heard all that? Even if they did, we made a lot of indistinct noises. That's fair. It might have sounded like we were doing something... else. You mean... Ew, gross. Not at God's camp. The packet does say to stay away from the counselor cabins. Hey, why was there a monster at summer camp? That does seem wildly irresponsible. Who knew we could do that stuff? I didn't know I could do anything. You can. We all can. I don't know if I can handle it if we get any more sappy. Well, good news. Here we are at the dining hall. Are you an exposition god? I'm starting to think I am the god of saying stuff out loud. I think we all have it all together now. I guess we didn't miss the song. Here, the words are in the welcome packet. Does being a god feel a little narcissistic sometimes? Yeah, but at least we're narcissistic together. Was that the lesson for today? Mortals are for mortals. And even they have to learn how to do stuff without our direct intercession all the time. So maybe we're not so different. You shut up with that. Do you think your dad's going to be proud of you for killing the lake monster? Probably. I know I'm proud of myself. Hey there, campers! Hermes again. I was able to convince some sponsors that this is a podcast. So if you'll humor me, I'd like to tell you about Manly Apron. They deliver mortal food right to the doors of mortals in the United States. I know we have a couple gods from that part of the world at camp this year. If you can inspire some of your followers to want this and to do so by entering the code MERCURY at checkout, that will help support the camp. Thanks in advance. Tomorrow, we're all going to head to the lake to meet our special guest for the year, Leviathan. Shit! He's a really interesting primordial creature with a lot to teach us all. So get some sleep and remember to make this the best summer ever. Ha 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 Ah, those are some people who know where they live. <laughs> That's... What a piece. What a piece. Uh, golly, you all had very busy 2020s planned. 
you there was a there was a girls weekend trips to colorado renaissance fairs shopping costa rica church and new orleans my gosh if only if only but on the upside that we're ready for our next fun piece this is yet another segment and i think you're going to enjoy it because this one's titled hindsight it's 2020 there was a question mark in the middle there which makes it different these are things that you might as well do this year and there's still a few days left so have at uh i'm gonna go through this one kind of fast because they gave me a really long list so here we are eat an entire pie find out how long you can sleep in one stretch going on an entire week not knowing what day it is without checking Avoid an awkward meeting because the numbers are still looking bad. Seize the means of production. Skydive off of the Eiffel Tower. Tell your crush that you like them, but not really, but maybe, but not really. Maybe you build your own hobbit hole. Live out in the woods so you can tell that Walden guy that it's no big deal. Uh, keep your bathtub full so that you can find out if goldfish really do just keep on growing. Start an algae farm on your bath mat. You can do those two at the same time. Contact your grade school overseas pen pal and find out who has more Funko Pop figurines. Read the Tao Te Ching and buy a machine that goes ping. Invent an app to consolidate all of your dating apps. Invest in solar and wind power. Get that tetanus shot. Might as well. Use the wrapping paper cardboard tube for jousting. Hmm. Now we're talking, sneak onto an emu farm and live out joust like a video game. Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, title your goose game. That's a good one. Change your underwear. That's a good reminder for everyone. Oh, no really, try something new. Lose, uh, lose the thong and try boxer briefs. All right. Support a local and independent journalism. There we go. That's a great list of things you might as well do this year. Or might as well have done if you've already done them bully for you. What are some other things that we might as well have done? Because who knows when we're going to see people again. You might as well, you know, try out a new hairstyle. Get a mohawk. Color your face. Who knows? I'm thinking I'm going to, uh, you know, just paint little hearts right here and see how long it, I can go without anyone saying anything. Well, I don't know about you, but after that list, I'm certainly feeling much more optimistic. In fact, I dare say that I am getting into the Snowstice spirit. It may have something to do with this glass of whiskey, but I feel warmth in my heart and hope for good things for everyone. All of you, even people who were jerks to me. And what amazing timing, because we have what's being described as a free sample from Doc Ypsilanti, the Gesture Vigilante. So let's see how that goes. Hello, America. It's me, Doc Ypsilanti, the Gesture Vigilante. Do you not know how to stand? Worried about what to do with your hands? Feel like your body is a discombobulated mess of uncontrollable tinker toys? I'm here to solve your body language problems. Let's start at level one, copyright 2004. Professional and networking body language. The firm handshake, the finger guns, the elbow bump, and the conference networking shoulder block. Oh, hell no, you're not waltzing in just as I was about to give my business card. Not sure how to aim or how hard to strike that high five? Check out level two, copyright 2010. Socialization and anti-socialization. The call me, which is not mine, because your hand is the phone. The I gotta exit this room and can't talk to you hand flail. The hair sweep that was definitely not accidentally waving at a stranger. And whether you're religious or just need to keep someone at bay, the Christian side hug. My head was always getting caught in other people's armpits. Thanks to Doc Ypsilanti, now my shoulder nestles perfectly between the other person's ribs, making sure they know, not too close, asshole. Perhaps you'd like to advance to level three. Demonstrate even more without words with the knowing goth nod. Our mutual acknowledgement is minimal. For this reason, it is meaningful. 
The shirking my duty shrug. Was my apathy not clear enough to you? Well, it will be now. The Philadelphia shimmy. It's not a shrug. It's not a dance. It's not because I'm cold. But you know what you did, don't you? Yeah, I told you. The grocery aisle blockade reach. The sports ball enthusiasm fossey ripoff. The middle school full body clench in order to pretend the body doesn't exist. Uh, that's cool, I guess. And now, in our new pandemic world, our new catalog offers the not-for-profit fundraiser forehead cradle. The unemployed heaving sob. The Zoom fatigue teeth bare and eye crinkle, the hate watch screen headbutt, and the stress eating finger bite. Wait, I was doing all of those already. But were you doing them correctly? What? Oh no. You live your life on camera now. Now you can watch yourself make every little tick and awkward movement all day. Oh my god. Better download my instructions. Stat! Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no! Here's my credit card numbers! Good! <laughs> Good! That's Doc Ypsilanti, the gesture vigilante. Better embody the times right. Or else. Greetings, everyone. It's Missy O'Danaher wishing you a serene snowstice. We're so grateful for you, all of you who tune into our show, whether during the live stream or those who listen to us later on our podcast. But in this moment, this snowstice moment when we are filled with complexity, for as you know, snowstice is a most complex holiday, it may as well have complementary colors. And while it is as delicate as a snowflake, but strong as many snowflakes packed together in a snowball, and lobbed with furor at someone's face. And so, dear Patreons, we would love to thank you by name with all the religious fervor you deserve. So here's our list. Acolyte Adam, Grand Inquisitor Quist, the Honorable Howard of Hot Chocolate, Snowstice Tree Tracy, Kooky Cleric Kate, Snowstice Cake Cameron, the Inquisitor Quist that no one expects. Bebop Bishop Booth. Liturgical Lyric Leader Lizzie. The Archbishop Alex. Beach Bishop Beach. Deacon Daylon. Justice Julie. Liturgical Dance Leader Luke. The Honorable Howard of Hot Cereal. Abbott Ann. Bunt Cake Birch. McDerris McMuffin. Ceremonial Goth Leader Brian. Deacon Ink Dot Viking Chick, and the Great Snowstis Blankenship. Oh, how we love you all. Have yourself a major serene Snowstis. May your Snowstis be safe and serene and full of spastic laughter, the kind that will get us through to next year. Until we can all be together again, this is Missy O'Danaher for Starlight Radio Dreams. In the distant reaches of the Ophiuchus system on a little planet not so different from our own as it was roughly 700 years ago, the crash-landed survivors of the Lion Star fighter crew are struggling to persist until their distress signal is picked up by Central Command. Cornelius, come in. Cornelius, can you hear me? Come in! Where's Cornelius? He's trying to fix the ship. Cornelius, come in! Oh, this is horrible! I know, right? I am so bored. Could you do my shoulders now? Yes, my lord! Stop doing that. What? He wants to do it. Only because he thinks you're a god. We have a difference of opinion, Captain, and I am respecting his opinion. When did you become a stickler for propriety? I have always been a stickler for propriety! Hey, I'm not the one who chopped off Lambda's head with a laser sword. I didn't 
chop off his head. I just stabbed him in the gut. Good point. My bad. He was going to force everyone to work in the salt mines. Which they are all now doing anyway. Because they chose to. And Queasy here is choosing to massage my shoulders. Win-win. It's Quigley, my lord. Stop calling me my lord. It's creepy. Yes. My god. I'll allow it. Oh, great lion god. This one. We beseech thee, hear us, oh great lion god. Please, just call me Sierra. Can I just call you Sierra, Captain? No. Oh great Sierra, one of your worshippers has refused to work in the mines. Bring forth the heretic. This one. Could you go back to my feet now? Yes, my god. Oh great lion god, I beg thee mercy. These peasants are forcing me to work with my hands. My hands, I tell you. This heretic is refusing to mine for dragon's blood. Dragon's blood? Fossil fuel for the starship. Right, right, right. Because our intergalactic starships still run on oil. We humbly request that you disembowel the non-believer with your sword of light. What? No. If it'll make him work faster. No, we're not killing anyone. Oh, is killing wrong today? I forgot to check the calendar. That was, he was. Yeah, yeah, and this is that Lord guy who was oppressing all the peasants or whatever until we came down from the heavens and like stopped him or whatever. You were a lot funnier when we were fighting in space. All the more reason to hurry this operation up. I can do that. I can help. Your miners, oh lion god, are criminally inefficient. I could improve them. I can read and write and maintain a schedule and order people around. Please, let me use my gifts. Whoa, we're not killing you, but we're not gonna put you in charge. First you say, don't interview with the society, and now you won't put the guy in charge back in charge. You wanted to kill him. I just want to get this over with as quickly as possible. We are on a schedule, Captain. He says he's more efficient, so put him in charge, and we can get off of this hellhole. Okay. Back to my shoulders. Yes, me god. And... Oh, don't be stingy with a neck this time. Yes, my god. God damn it. Fine. Okay, put him in charge of the mining, but make sure he doesn't go overboard. You wish him released, oh great Sierra. Yes. And put in charge of the work he refused to do. Yes. Doesn't that seem a little, you know... Oh, great Sierra? I just... Will you just... I'm the damn lion god. Do what I say. Yes, oh, great Sierra. Huzzah! I win again! Yeah! Ah, now you're talking. Doesn't that feel good? I feel sick. You just need a back rub. We gotta get you a queasy. It's Quigley, my lord. Don't call me my lord. Yes, my god. Starfighters. (laughs) I should have been a middle manager. Fascinating stuff! Tune in next time to discover the further administrative adventures of the Lion Star Fighter Crew! Ah, what a marvelous work of fiction. Good evening. I'm an overconfident white man, and this is Snowstis Storytime. A brief moment we put aside once a year to remind ourselves of the Snowstice spirit. If you're anything like my Aunt Gladys, you have two questions. Why does my left knee hurt all the time? And what is the true meaning of Snowstice? While the answer to the former eludes me, the second may be elucidated by a little story. This is Snowstice Evening. "'Twas the evening of Snowstice, and outside all the houses, "'far too many were stirring our narrator espouses. 
The governors and doctors and nurses assured them twas best to stay in, close your doors, and secure them. A fake sun was roaming the evening land, a wicked old fireball, dressed like a man. And though he claimed to adore the Snowstice traditions, he much more loved noise, loved lies and sedition. He drew out the grocers, he called out the drivers, he yanked out baristas and shoppers on Fiverr. He forced all the poor to dance in the streets, then said, it's for me, they all think I'm neat. And while in the faulty sunlight they cavorted, they burned and they sweltered, but they also consorted. The poor folk joined forces and bellowed so loud that at last the fake sun ran away behind the clouds. They cheered and delighted their villain had gone, but they all still were sunburned, were withered and drawn. They thought, what's the point of staying inside? We're good as burnt now, here and worldwide. The folk were disheartened, feared they might not survive, and it looked as though Snowstis might never arrive. They moped through the streets, opined in the alleys, despaired in the mountains, the fields and the valleys. But then a child stood up, whose name was Homestead, and who cried out to all, and here's what they said. I know we're still hurting, though the evening is won. Tomorrow's another battle against that faulty old sun. We feel so defeated, we say why not burn us? Our lives have been cruel and the world is a furnace. If we can't stay inside because it is right, then why not for vengeance, for petty old spite? The fake sun says stay outside till you fry. Then let's go back in, for Snowstice is nigh. And though they knew they'd be dragged back outside on the morrow, the folk returned home with foreboding and sorrow. There were parents and children and siblings far away, and the dearest of friends who shared no DNA. And though many could not conjoin and embrace, they knew that together, their hearts shared one place. And perhaps, though a dear friend's hug was a gem, maybe Snowstice did not come solely from them. Little Homestead called out those wise words of myth. If you cannot be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Unless they're an abuser, in which case, Fuck em. So the folk all made merry with the friends that they had, and grew all the closer, like truest comrades. And Homestead cries out, as indoors they hide, Happy Snowstice to all, and stay the friend inside! Well, I hope you enjoyed that delightful little tale. And may we all keep Snowstis in our hearts, all year round. Up next, we have an audio promotion for one of the many productions on the Showtime Podcasting Network. Here is Butter and Scotch. Butter, and I'm here to tell you about the podcast I host with my dear friend, Angus Scotch. It's sort of like a radio show, but you can listen to it anytime you want. I don't know about you all, but I've been around the old ball of fire a few times more than your average radiated tortoise. Ah, now, Butter, they tend to live for about 50 years. Indeed they do, Scotch. Every Sunday, or whenever you listen, I don't mind, I make flaky, buttery biscuits, and then my dear friend and I sit down for a lively discussion and debate over the important topics of the day. Our differing opinions will open your eyes more than a blow on my bagpipes. Or a cup of my award-winning butter coffee. Oh, lassie. 
Do you recall the most recent episode we recorded? Of course I do. I appreciate you checking on my cognitive abilities, though. It's important for everyone at any age. It's also necessary for this promotional clip. Of course. Why, in our most recent episode, you told us the fascinating history of sausage-making and charcuterie. No one shoves spicy meat into casing like my father. Exactly. Then I described the process for making my homemade chocolate peanut butter marshmallow cotton candy fudge, and I even told you all my secret for adding in the pumpkin the way my grandniece likes it in the fall. But then we got into our news segment. Thank you for that diabetes. I mean recipe. Now, hopefully things have improved by the time you're hearing this promotional spot. But things right now are pretty dicey. And we had a very frank conversation about the importance of focusing on solutions and personal responsibility. We didn't see eye to eye at first, but we both gave a good listen. And when it came right down to it, we had a lot of common ground. I even changed my mind about the choice I made in November. We are, of course, talking about the upcoming expected shortage of cranberries and the effect it's going to have on holiday salads, jellies, and puddings. My grandkids were surprisingly understanding that I couldn't send them their own individual cranberry salads for their Thanksgivings at home. Almost enthusiastic. As we don't celebrate American Thanksgiving, there's a very real chance that children all over Scotland will go without eating a single cranberry for the year, as we usually only ever have them in for St. Andrew's Day or Christmas. Dang, we finally got into the episode! The part you'll all be absolutely falling out of your wellies to hear. I'm too excited. Tell them what we reported on this last week. Of course, we concluded our three-part series reviewing, discussing, and tasting the new coffee-flavored Worthers. As hard candy aficionados and butterscotch boosters like ourselves know, these coffee toppies have turned the corner for our beloved sweets and gotten them back up at eye level on the grocer's candy shelves. Can you imagine? This close to the holidays and there a shelf above the star mints? I never thought I'd see such times. So if we've tickled your sweet tooth... Or stared thoughts in the old hat rack... Then be sure to subscribe to our podcast, Butter, Butter and, and Scotch. What a charming promotion that was. God. Oh, gosh, this whole second half of the show has gotten all sentimental and fuzzy. It's, it's too bad we don't have a full production team to put that filter over the lens that makes all the, the lights behind me turn into starbursts. Wouldn't that be lovely? Do me a favor at home. Squint a little. That should do the trick. Especially if you've got glasses like mine. Uh... Since we're, uh, being a little nostalgic, I did think it might be a nice idea to do a very old-fashioned thing, uh, and open some mail. Now, this is a real letter, written on paper! And as far as I know, the sender hasn't also sent me an email with the same information. Isn't that exciting? I, I personally can't wait to see what's in here. Let's see. There we are. Let's get that open. Let's see what, uh... What could be in this wonderful letter? All right. <clears throat> Dear Burlington. Good start. That's my name. <clears throat> yada, yada, yada. Oh, my goodness. This is a letter from my dear distant uncle, Percival Showtime, in England. He's inviting me to join me in, in England for a traditional Showtime family holiday. He does live next door to some convenient celebrities who might just drop by. Wouldn't that be charming? I wonder who's living in David Bowie's house now. Granted, the most they're like most modern English people in that they don't have, uh, you know, figgy puddings all the time or a, a fireplace. But we could all gather round and the space heater and, you know, it would have one of those European style plugs. So that's... That'd be charming and 
esoteric, right? Yeah, that, that sounds delightful. Oh, what a wonderful thing that would be to go all the way to England and enjoy a time with my uncle, Percival. Who the hell could that be? I'm not expecting anyone. Who could that be? I'm not expecting anyone. Go away, I'm filming. Gah. Besides, there's a pandemic on. People these days. Gah. What was I saying? Oh, right, Uncle Percival. I must write him back and let him know that we've already done our holiday show for the year. In fact, there's only one piece left to go. Luckily, it seems to be going in a suitably seasonable direction. Gather close and, uh, rump-a-pum-pum for me, my elf, and I. Good evening. It's Friday, December 4, and you're listening to me, my elf, and I. I'm Crumble Bubbledum. Joining us tonight are my guests Simon Sillypants, assistant to the press secretary for Mr. Santa Claus. Good to be here. And Twinkle Sprinkle McPinkle, president of the North Pole chapter of the Elfin and Gnomish Laborers Union. Crumble? Let's jump right in. Mr. Sillypants, as you know, Mr. Claus has invited swaths of criticism recently for blaming the impending seasonal toy shortage on the workers themselves, citing what he calls, quote, a lack of gumption and a dangerous rash of stinkin' thinkin', end quote. Crumble, these allegations have been greatly exaggerated and have very little evidence to substantiate them. Oh, come now. Mr. Claus is just as concerned about getting toys to the good children as anyone else. This is just another example of kids on the naughty list pointlessly smearing his name. Begging your pardon, Mr. Sillypants, but we do have video and audio recordings of Mr. Claus making these statements at a recent rally to his base in Minnesota. A rally he really shouldn't be holding in the first place. Oh, and why exactly is that, Ms. Twinkle McBinkle? It's still not safe to go outside. Still not safe. It's not! You see, Crumble, this is a classic display of the naughty Lister's anti-Claus, anti-reality agenda. Oh, we're months they've been gassing on about the abominable snowman and his reign of terror all over the North Pole. Is that not a legitimate concern? And now that snowman has been overthrown, literally put in the ground, they're still not convinced it's safe to go outside and get back to work. Snowman's goons are still out there. His goons? His supporters, whatever you want to call them. His rabid zealots are still out there, endangering anyone that steps outside their home. Entire populations have been put at risk, and Mr. Claus's frivolous get-back-to-work rallies are only spreading the danger. Now Mr. Claus's supporters are rabid? You see, Crumble, how the slander is just never-ending with these snowflakes? Rabies cases do tend to skyrocket shortly after Mr. Claus's rallies. <laughs> and they always affect Claus's supporters in disproportionately large amounts. Initially. Until they begin biting their neighbors, of course. Show me the numbers. Uh, we do have three different reports right here. Uh, one from the World Health Organization, one from Doctors Without Borders, and one from the Rudolph Institute of Scary Scary Boo-Boos. Oh, as if they don't have an agenda. These are facts, Mr. Silly Pants. Facts! And if Mr. Claus is so pathologically incapable of taking responsibility for his actions... His actions? Then the least he can do is... Stop making things worse. Excuse me, excuse me. His actions? Mr. Claus gave all of those elves rabies? Mr. Claus did invite the abominable snowman into his cabinet. Oh, here we go. He did! Just like he does every leap year, he walked right into his cabinet, swept out all the cookies and crockery for no good reason, and then fired everyone and replaced them with whoever he liked at the time, including a very violent and very rabid abominable snowman. And when said snowman began slaughtering and eating elf workers, Mr. Claus repeatedly defended his actions, claiming the reports were falsified. Yes. He even went so far as to suggest the victims of the slaughters had been made up, despite one of these victims being beloved choo-choo train designer and social media influencer Flossie Pancakes. I think all these elfist extremists are forgetting that it was actually Mr. Claus who eventually put down the abominable snowman, ending his reign of terror. He didn't, though. The elf workers... He provided the weapons those workers used to overthrow snowman. They fought him with slingshots, they fought him with squirt guns, they fought him with horses, with baseballs, and dart guns, all of which were supplied by Mr. Claus... Except for the dark guns. He didn't supply them. His company sold them, which is a clear violation of the emoluments clause. You mean the Santa Claus? What? 
No, the emoluments clause. Why do you hate Christmas? I hate rabies, not Christmas. We'll see how you feel when these hordes of unemployed, violent elves show up on your doorstep demanding free handouts and threatening your family. Who's threatening families? Just last month, a gang of violent snowflakes gathered outside Santa's home, chanting and demanding he come outside. They even climbed up into his chimney. Santa enters millions of chimneys every year without permission, and he balks when one person allegedly threatens to do it to him. So you admit it. You see, Crumble, these people are the real terrorists. Well, call me biased, but I think the real terrorist is the guy who actually terrorized and killed people. I think we're getting a little off topic, and let's get back to the labor shortage. The abominable snowman is the reason we have a labor shortage. Twinkle, I appreciate the tempers are running high, but I'm going to have to ask for a little more decorum. This is the Sparkle Funtime Network, after all. Sorry. Thank you, Miss Sprinkle McFinkle. Now, Mr. Sillypants, do you agree that the terrorist attacks of the abominable snowman and his adherents played a significant role in the present labor shortage? Don't you think terrorist is a little dramatic? This was just one lone wolf criminal. And his 30,000 supporters. Who is now gone. The union of elfin and gnomish laborers got what it wanted, and yet they still won't go back to work. I think it's pretty obvious at this point that a lot of elves are simply looking for any excuse to take cookies and milk from Mr. Claus without actually earning them. To be fair, a lot of those elves are still recovering from the attacks. Oh, and what are these precious snowflakes recovering from, Mr. Bumbletum? Psychological damages? Well, yes, but also many of them are missing an arm. Or a leg. Or in some cases, a lower half of their body. Returning to work without adequate accommodations for their new working conditions could result in permanent injury or death, which, P.S. FYI, would also increase the labor shortage! Look, Mr. Claus sympathizes deeply, but I think it's time for people to ask themselves if it's really worth it. We can't afford to live our lives in fear. Especially now when these unreasonable standards of caution are now presenting the possibility, the very real possibility, that we might not have a very Merry Christmas this year. Is that really worth it? Ms. Sprinkle McBinkle, we have just enough time for your response. We've reached a point where we need to ask if the toys themselves are worth it. Packaging for Christmas presents produces 25 million tons of additional garbage in the U.S. alone. They throw away $16 billion worth of presents every year. 38 million Americans deliberately buy gifts they know the recipient won't even want. This is getting very America-centric. This is just labor for labor's sake. It's pointless and it's unsustainable. There you have it. You hate Christmas. You've as much as admitted it. You can't expect every individual to police themselves as long as the system incentivizes them not to. And these snowflakes expect Mr. Claus to protect them from snowman attacks. He's responsible for the attacks. To just hand out free milk and cookies. Those aren't his cookies. They're the people's cookies. Well, maybe next time there's a snowman attack, we'll just sit back and smile as we rip you snowflakes apart. We'll see how you terrorists like that. And I'm afraid we're out of time. You've both raised equally valid and interesting points, and I'm sure all reasonable people will be able to find a compromise somewhere in the middle. I want to thank my guests, Simon Sillypants and Twinkle Sprinkle McBingle. Be sure to join us next time when my guests will be Robert Redfield and Richard Spencer. Until then, I'm Crumble Bumbleton, and this has been me, my elf, and I. What a lovely evening this has been, and what a wonderful way to end it. That was... Very seasonal, if a traditional, and I think for good reason. Uh, it's uh, I I don't know about all of you, but I've I've really enjoyed myself tonight, and it's been such a wonderful thing to have all of you in attendance on the chat, responding back, uh, telling us the parts that you think are the funniest. Those those chats and comments really do mean the world to us, and. Please feel free to continue doing so through our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram handles where, where you can find us continuing to put out more information as the month goes on, and indeed all throughout the year. Uh, we're going to be putting out some extra bonus stuff for our Patreon backers this year, so uh, this month, so absolutely take a look at the Patreon. Uh, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself though, because I've got some prepared statements to end the night with. <clears throat> uh, you're all so wonderful. Oh, this is exactly what I should have been saying. To co uh, for coming, uh, uh, 
You're all so wonderful for coming to catch this material when it's at its freshest, and I hope you had an amazing time too. We're going to keep the laughter coming into the new year and cannot wait to share it with all of you. Patreon backers, we're working on extra cool material and music just for you. I've been told by the younger members of the staff that it is dope. But now, to everyone from coast to coast and all the ships at sea, good night, keep laughing, and keep dreaming. Thank you for joining us here at Starlight Radio Dreams. We hope you enjoyed your time. We've got another live stream show in the works for January 29th, 2021 at 8 p.m. Central. Find more information on our website, starlightradiodreams.com, as well as our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, Pod Squad, keep laughing and keep dreaming. <laughs>